Action Monday, powered by Superbook Sports. Here's the Players Club. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, and today we're reacting to the action on the field at Empower. It's Sean Payton's first ever game as the Denver Broncos head coach, and there was a theme to me that repeated out there yesterday that was a part of training camp and that Seth Wickersham of ESPN chronicled in his deep dive into Sean Payton. After the first joint practice against the Rams... Seth Wickersham had access to Sean Payton's um, office to watch film. Uh, He didn't say in the article whether or not Sean Payton also lit the candles and the salt lamp and and sprayed the incense and uh, did all that stuff, the lava lamp and the black light and all that. Um, But I'm going to read straight from it. Two hours passed in which he utters only disparate thoughts, 10, 20 minutes apart. Hell of a throw by Russ. Horrible route. What are we doing? I hate this. Clicking through plays, rewinding over and over, the Rams seemed more invested than the Broncos in the outcome and in one another. They jump and yell after a big play. The Broncos are flat. He's frustrated about pre-snap penalties and that the receivers aren't blocking downfield on screen passes, killing any chances of a big gain. What troubles him more is something he sees on film but isn't sure how to fix. It's that the Broncos, after a bad play, are discouraged on the snaps that follow. They can't forget. Few of the Broncos players know what it's like to win in the NFL, at least as a member of this club. It doesn't take much to slide and to blame others. The other day, he told the players that no referees ever picked up a flag because someone yelled at them. He was speaking to himself as much as the team, hoping it sinks in for both. My question to you, Orlando, is for a guy who's spotted on film that his team tends to slide, blame others, and not bounce back from a big moment or a frustrating snap, why would he try such a risky play on the first play of the game that might put them down in the tank where he's worried that they're going to be? Mm. High risk, high reward, maybe, right? Maybe that's the thought process. Maybe the thought process is that they do have a flat team. I don't know how they're going to react and face it through adversity. But if we could, you know, capitalize on the opening kickoff and capture this momentum, maybe we could keep it for the whole entire first quarter. Maybe he was looking for that spark. Maybe that's why he did it ultimately. But ultimately, I think it's the wrong decision no matter what because that's the start of the game. If you risk giving the other team momentum and what's worse, you know, do you trust that, hey, Russ will be able to find a way to get a first down and your ability to call plays where you could get a drive going and sustain a long drive? Or do you just think that the wheels are going to fall off every time you, that you get an opportunity? And the, when you go out there with the, with the onside kick, I, I think it's more so that, man, the wheels might fall off. Man, we are so far behind. Maybe the lack of uh, playmakers, not trusting your football team, but it, it was just bad from the get-go, and it's a bad call by Sean Payton. From the Ramos. When do you think Will Lutz has tried it? How many times do you think he's tried an onside kick? He's been here two weeks. Yeah. The, the um, altitude ball bounces differently, right? It's a really hard It's a really hard play to work. Everything's got to go just right. The kicker's got to hit it just right, time it up with a, with a run, and it's got to go 10 yards, and he's got to be. And if you see the snapshot of the moment where it touched his ball, or it touched his hand at, you know, nine yards, 
It was a good call. It was a penalty. There were three Raiders players converging on that. It's not like it was a big swath of open space. These guys saw it, reacted to it, and this guy was running in a full sprint, whoever whoever the player was who actually downed that or touched the ball first. So whatever he saw on film, there was not a lot of margin for error there. There was not a, a lot of room to operate there. Now, if it had been in a yard late, uh, a yard deeper, and he and he would have actually caught it, would it have worked? Yes. But that's that's what football is. It's a game of inches. It's a game of mistakes. It's a game of little lost moments, right? And um, I'm going to read this text from the RamosLaw.com text line. 719433. What the hell are you all making excuses for Russell Wilson for? You paid him to win these kind of games. It's so funny you don't even expect this guy to make the playoffs like we paid and gave up so much just for him to be below average, and that's okay. No, that's not okay. Please quit with the excuses. I don't think that Russell Wilson was below average yesterday. I think the 10 guys on the football field were below average. I think I could point to those guys a lot more. I watched Lloyd Cushenberry get trucked by a linebacker on a blitzing, a blitzing linebacker. The center, the guy that Russell Wilson's supposed to stay right behind. I watched the center get trucked out there. I watched Ben Power struggle, right? And he's getting a lot of money. Four years, 50-plus million dollars. We saw Mike McGlinchey, highest-paid right tackle in the league. Did he go out there and give you the highest-paid right tackle in the league performance out there? The most solid guy for me yesterday were guys like um, Quinn Miners. I thought he was solid. Mm. Not great, but he he was probably your second-best offensive lineman. I thought GB was in the GB zone for the most part. But yet... That's just the offensive line. We could talk about the wide receivers not getting open, the tight ends not getting open. I thought the running backs collectively, they did a great job of, of handling their responsibilities and pass protection and getting out and giving Russell Wilson a valuable option. But guess what? Russ is not going to be able to do it all by himself. Football is a team sport. That's why we love this sport. Ten guys could go out there and dominate, and one guy could mess up, and that play could be a disaster. Yesterday, more of the other 10 guys were messing up than Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Now, I'm going to go watch the All-22 later on today. I'm going to go watch the routes a little bit slower. But for me, I think Sean Payton didn't do a great job in the second half of getting Russell Wilson to the, to the line of scrimmage to dissect the defense. And I damn sure don't think that these wide receivers and tight ends did a great job of getting open and giving Russell an option to throw him the football. To me, the game plan through the air was clearly to protect Russell Wilson and do a lot of really basic underneath stuff, not not put him in any difficult positions, but and not take any chances, which is is wild to me because Sean Payton is the is the riverboat gambler. He did an onside kick in the very first play of the game. Why not go deep? Really? Why not push the ball down the field to your guys? Because to me, that softens a defense. It doesn't even need to be a completion. Could you, it could it be just being just to play devil's advocate? Could it yeah. be just Max Crosby? Not offensive line, not holding up against him. Well, you tell me you're an offensive lineman. If you've got a guy like that, can't you slide protection to him, give some help, and run your normal plays? Are you so afraid of that guy that everything's got to be quick and rolling the pocket and getting out, getting it out of your hand like that? Um, yeah, that guy's a freak of nature. I, I don't think that there's anybody on this team one-on-one that could get it done. No, but if you give him help. If the Raiders blitz, you know, that puts you in a mismatch. That puts you in one-on-one situations all across the board. So just by them adding one person, could now everybody has to hold up. So yeah, you could, in theory, slide to them or give Chip help, but there are different things that the Raiders could do to kind of eliminate that. Now, I didn't see them doing it play after play, but okay, so that's one thing. Another thing, could Sean Payton not be going deep because of 
what he has in the wide receiver room, maybe not trusting them, maybe not trusting their ability? Uh, I guess, but also at the same time, like, you know, Peyton liked to go deep right right away, right? First series. Peyton Manning? Yeah, we were going to test him. Right. And, and, and Gary Kubiak, Mike Shanahan, very similar philosophy. Somewhere in that first 15, we are going deep. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily about completing it. It's about showing that. And it's the same reason why Sean Payton did the onside kick, showing that. You have to p- pay attention to it now. If you go deep right in, in your first series, that puts them on their heels. And then the underneath stuff is going to open up more. And then the intermediate stuff is actually going to be open more because that threat of going deep makes you swivel your hips and, and leave yourself open for some intermediate routes that we didn't see him complete at all. You yeah. know, Brandon Johnson had that kind of 21-yard play that was a nice one. Well, uh, you have to have guys that are going to hold up okay. in that, yeah. right? Yeah. Hold up in that aspect in order to be able to push the ball down the field. But your question about do they have the weapons to go down the field? Yeah, they got Corlin's son. He should be a great deep threat, and so should Marvin Mims Jr. And then you got Greg Dulcich down the seam. And you got, yes, you got, to me, you have the weapons to try. It shouldn't be all about this smart, safe play every single play. Because we saw the moon ball. Russ stole the moon yeah, ball and yeah. got the, the penalty, whatnot. Right. So, you know, for me, it's like, okay, you, Do it again. you see a, a option. I don't think Sean Payton was trying to protect Russell Wilson. I think Sean Payton might be trying to protect the rest of the football team as well. Well, to me, they lack killer instinct, and uh, that's why he brought Russell Wilson here. I, I, I don't have any specific critiques on Russell's technical play or the way he operated the offense. To me, I want to see Russell go win those games. He knows how to win. That's what he did in Seattle, and that's what he hasn't done in his last couple of seasons here, and I just don't understand why. I don't understand why the playmaking, the passion of the moment doesn't take over and you go win this football game, and I think that's what Sean Payton needs to tap into with Russ. It's not all about running the offense. It's about doing something special in a moment your team needs you. All right, uh, a lot of folks are saying, hey, Will Lutz sucks and Brandon McManus should have never been left go, but there's something you guys are forgetting. I'll share that with you next. It's Reaction Monday, powered by Superbook Sports. Here's the Players Club. Billy Ray was a preacher's son And when his daddy would visit, he'd come along when they gather around and started talking, that's when Billy would take me walking. Out through the backyard, we go walking. Then he look into my eyes. Lord knows to my surprise, the only one who could ever reach me. Okay. I'm the son of a preacher man. The only the songbird of our generation has returned. Harmonizing is if you and I both sing at the same time and it comes together to form something even more special than just one voice. Mm, so I was harmonizing. Right? With them. Yeah. 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 It was special. And harmonize it was. <laughs> I have I have goosebumps right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you looked at my arm. Or your, or you looked at my arm, you're like, oh. Or your ears are hurting. <laughs> no. 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 So we are here licking our wounds today, guys. After that brutal 17-16 home loss to the Raiders. Um, and a lot of the blame going on Will Lutz, and yes, he deserves some of it. He missed an extra point for crying out loud, and he missed a 55-yard field goal. And folks are saying, well, BMAC wouldn't have done that. BMAC would have won that game for us. You guys remember that BMAC missed the kick to lose the game last year in the opening game that we lost 17-16? to mm. Do you remember that? 
just when we thought that Nate was lightening up on B-Mac and he was loving him and giving B-Mac some love last week. He's just here to trash him again this week. Not trashing him. I'm just offering a dose of realism. B-Mac I, is on my fantasy football team. I drafted B-Mac. I think he's going to have a good year. He needed a reset mentally. There's yeah. something going on here with the kickers. First of all, it shouldn't have been. Go ahead. You got something you want to no, say? No, no, no. I, I think it's different. Nate, that's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With B-Mac last year, (laughs) Nathaniel Hackett tried to put him in that position. He he got there at 64 and was like, okay, B-Mac's going to go win the game for us. We don't need to get a single yard more. B-Mac's got it from here. I think that that was the thought process last year with B-Mac where yesterday, come on, Will, this is an extra point, kind of automatic. The expectation is that that's going through the upright. Like, like I used to close my eyes on extra points, Nate. I would get down <laughs> as the, the the left guard and, you know, interlock my – or the left tackle, sorry, and interlock my legs, and I'd close my eyes. I would feel it. Like, as soon as somebody hit me, then that's when I would put up my inside hand. But I would get down with my left hand out already – and close my eyes because that's what my expectation was, that this was automatic. This was going through the upright. Um, yesterday that hurt. That hurt this football team. That, you know, that changes the momentum. It gives the other team the momentum in a situation like that. And, yeah, we can look at the 55-yarder. I'm not sitting here and saying, Will, what the heck happened on the 55-yarder? I understand that you've only been in Empowered Stadium a couple times and maybe haven't got extensive work there on that field, but extra points that those are supposed to be automatic for kickers. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Finkel's Einhorn. Will Lutz is BMAC. It doesn't matter. You don't leave it up to the kicker like that. in these situations. Yeah, Will it Lutz does, is BMAC. It doesn't matter. The kicker lost it for you two years in a row. The fact that our kicker last year had enough influence to convince the coach that he could make a 64-yarder in a stadium that had never seen one longer than 58, again, is a problem with your team. It's a problem with the balance on your team and the influence and the voices. Uh, if BMAC wasn't a look-at-me kicker, he wouldn't be I mean, he'd still be here. But, Nate, the kicker sits there in pregame and tells the coach, like, hey, got it. Like, the coach asks the kicker that. Yeah. Hey, got to have a situation. And he's like, I got Where it for 64. At? No, you don't, BMAC. He had plenty of leg. But it's not like that thing fell short. He I mean, missed it. I mean, so what do you want him to say? Like, hey, coach, uh, no, if I go for it, you know, go, what? Just go, go for, for the, it. Go for the for, first down. It was fourth and five. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah. From, from Nathaniel Hackett as well. That's what I wanted to stop Rossi to be. But when you ask these kids, when you ask these players these questions, you expect them to give you real answers. And I don't see what BMAT did last year as a, as an issue. Like, hey, where are you good from? Where can you, where do you think that you're comfortable from in your pregame warmups and kicking here? And BMAC saying, hey, coach, I think I can make it from here in a gotta have it situation. Doesn't mean that when you get there that you're content. I thought third down, we could have been a little bit more aggressive last year. Second down, we could have been a little bit more aggressive. Maybe instead of trying to kick a 63 yard field goal, maybe we would try to give BMAC the opportunity to kick a 55. Like, like, uh, Will Lutz had an opportunity to kick yesterday. Last year, that opening game against the Seahawks, the Broncos gained 433 yards of total offense, 330 passing yards against a, a, a defense that was pretty pretty good, the Seahawks defense last year. Yesterday, the Denver Broncos offense uh, managed 250 yards of total offense <laughs> against a bad defense. My point is, man, let's blame the kicker. That's fine. Will Lutz should have made those kicks. But had he made those kicks, the Raiders still would have been driving at the end of that game with an ability to win the game. Don't put it in the kicker's hand. 
the Broncos had, in, in my opinion, the momentum going in the first half to come out in the second half and pull away in that game to make it a two-score game. They were moving the ball efficiently. Something happened between the first half and the second half that lost that offensive momentum for the Broncos, and I don't know what it is. And I think it's just to reduce it to the kicker lost it for us, to me, is, is missing the point. And I want to move over to the defense a little bit because during the training camp, you know, practices, and we had all these eyes out there, one of the main narratives going on at training camp practice Orlando was how the offensive line looked really bad, but the edge rushers were incredible. Mm. I mean, I have never seen a, an edge group top to bottom as good as this and as ready to go. Nate, and, I don't know if they're ready for this conversation you're getting ready to bring up. You don't think so? I don't know. Because, hey, that says a lot about this football team. We saw this football team struggle yesterday, uh, offensive line-wise. And now you're getting ready to talk about this defensive line, and there's a lot of pretenders out there on that football field, in my opinion. Well, I do want to get into that conversation, though. I, I think it's important to have it. You know, I actually don't think the offensive line played that bad last yesterday. I mean, only two sacks for Russell. Mm-hmm. He was sacked 55 times last year in 15 games. Only two sacks yesterday for Russell Wilson. And a lot of that was because of the play call and the pocket was moving. And there was some, you know, obviously they're doing a lot of short short passing. One of those was a cover set. Yeah. Nobody's getting open down the field. Russ has to pull down the ball, right? I mean, so I, I think there's a combination of a lot of things. I think we could talk about the scheme aspect. I think we could talk about the wide receivers, tight ends, and just the skill position not getting open. And I think we could also talk about a fraction of that could be Russell Wilson and not taking a shot, not taking more shots down the field. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, we got Sean Payton here. We're paying him a lot of money for this thing to look differently. And when you start looking at all aspects, Sean Payton's the CEO type of coach. He likes to have his his finger on, on everything that's going on. Ultimately, I think he has to get majority of the blame up for what we saw yesterday. Well, yes, let's dive into that. Sean Payton was actually just on a Zoom call. He had a nice little interview. We're going to play that for you when we return. We're also going to get into that that edge group. Why was there no pre- pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, making Jimmy look like Kenny Stabler running around out there? How did that happen? And we're going to hear from Sean Payton next. One, two, three, four. It's Reaction Monday, powered by Superbook Sports. Here's the Players Club. Get on up. Get up. Get on up. Get up. Get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up. Like a sex machine. Get on up. Rocky Mountain Mess Clinic. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, Sean Payton, 0-1 as the Denver Broncos head coach. Did his little conference call thing, and he uh, addressed the offensive woes, and we're going to play for you now. Here's Sean. It's rare both teams end up with just six possessions. Um, you know, In other words, points then become at a premium. Um, you know, Generally speaking, you're between 10 and 12 possessions a game. So, Part of it was a result of both teams having long sustained drives, um, you know, overcoming some third downs, maybe some penalties to keep drives moving. But um, it was a little unusual that way. Obviously, uh, the thing offensively that maybe stood out is there weren't any explosives. I mean, we had a couple plays that would measure into the explosive category, but it, it was uh, it was unique that way in a game where. You didn't have the same amount of possessions you were used to. 
and then the margins quickly shift. So if you told me we were going to win the turnover battle, we were going to win the rushing battle against that team, um, I would have been real happy and said that more than likely we were going to win the game, but it wasn't the case. Go for it, Darren. Hey, Coach, how would you evaluate how your players bounced back yesterday when things weren't going well, and what are your uh, expectations for this week? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I thought there was grit, toughness. I thought, you know, we battled hard, all of those things. Um, and yet it's disappointing you don't come away with the win. My expectations this week are, you know, we're back at it. We're back to work. Um, and we get ready to play another home game and a, an important game for us. Go ahead, Parker. Hey, Sean, first, I just wanted to confirm um, Caden Stearns, there's a report out there that his injury is serious. Can you Can you confirm that? Yeah, listen, we'll update you at the right time. Um, we, we we know he's taking an MRI right now. Um, Greg's getting an MRI right now. Uh, so I'm not going to be early with, with any injury um, news or updates. Got it. And then on the, on the lack of explosives offensively, is part of that just because of the way the game went? Or, you know, what goes into sort of creating more of those, especially when you don't have Jerry or Greg on the field? Yeah, I, I, I would say two things. You know, certainly, you miss Jerry and you miss Greg. And that the other thing, you know, we, we got a little bit more, a lot more soft zone coverage. And, and so, you know, to Russ's credit, the ball came down underneath a number of times when it needed to. Um, and so it just, you know, it's that back and forth. You're waiting for the, the down safety looks. You're waiting for the, the opportunities that, that maybe provide you those chances down the field. But, um, but I would say a little bit more shell than expected and, uh, and, you know, force, force the throws to come underneath. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, coach, uh, Drew Sanders, um, he didn't play a, a defensive snap. He just talk about, uh, I guess rookies. Is it, is it assignment? type thing that uh, what does he have to do to uh, earn the trust of the coaches to get on the field defensively? Yeah, look, he's, he's got the trust of the coaches. Part of it's just finding, finding the, the packages and the snaps to play. Both Josie and Alice played well. Um, you know, we'll constantly look at our personnel and, and see ways where guys can help us not only in the kicking game, and he, and he plays in the kicking game, obviously in all four phases, but, but also in offense and defense. So I, it's not a trust issue. Go ahead, Troy. Coach, when you looked at the film, I mean, you guys didn't get a sack on Jimmy Garoppolo. Was it a byproduct of the quick release? And how much of an emphasis it is to get better pressure on the quarterback moving forward? Well, look, we're all for pressure. And, and, and obviously, it's an important stat line in our league when it comes to hurrying these quarterbacks. The ball does come out quick with Jimmy, and it comes out quick – I think route design wise, you know, so it's one thing to say a quarterback gets rid of it quick, but there are certain teams that are going to hold the ball longer than others. Um, you know, we'll constantly evaluate, hey, how are we rushing? How are we rushing this player, a quarterback? And then how can we be better at it? But, but we knew that it was going to be a ball out fast offense. His rhythm, all those years in San Francisco, he was always someone that had low sack totals. Um, so how do we disrupt then 
the passing game. We disrupted at the line of scrimmage with the receivers. We disrupted possibly with batted down balls. Um, and then we disrupted with hurries and sacks. So uh, obviously that's something we pay attention to. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, Sean, I was just curious, the, you know, as you were talking about the shell coverage, you know, you had 17 completions to running backs and tight ends. Did you like that decision-making? And do you think other folks may uh, give you a little more shell moving forward then? Well, look, I, I, I was pleased with the decision-making. And the key is, you know, being able to run the ball and and have the sustained success. Um, we were able to do that at times. So, uh, yeah, I mean, part of that, Part of that, where the ball went, was was a byproduct of what we were seeing. So, yeah, teams will be in and out of different coverage looks. We were the same way defensively. Go ahead, Zach. Coach, 10 penalties for over 80 yards. How much did that impact the game, and, and how do you fix that moving forward? Yeah, look, both teams had 10 penalties. Um, too much for, for our liking, uh, obviously. Um, we had six on defense. And then two on two and two special teams in offense. So, um, and I would say, look, when you when you watch them all, there's a two or three that you know that you're not going to lose sleep over relative to what your player's doing. But certainly the pre-snap fouls, and then you know uh, being smart and understanding um, how the game's being officiated relative to personal fouls or roughing um, that falls on us. And uh, it's something we got to be better at. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, hey, Coach. Some of the players said after yesterday's game that uh, the team still needs to learn how to win, learn how to finish, and that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on that process as they adjust to the new regime under you? Yeah, look, that's that's part of it. Um, I think that, you know, that comes with, uh, like anything else, you guys heard me talk about confidence. You win a cl- tough, close game, then pretty soon you get used to winning close games. I told them afterwards, we're going to play. Our league, most of these games finish within a touchdown of each other. And so, you know, those are those are, uh, those are are just the facts in our league. But when you get into the fourth quarter, we watch the end of all these games. Somebody's in a two-minute to win or somebody's defending a two-minute to win. So, um, I, I think that, you know, it, it's important. It is what it is, but it's important uh, to understand that, that we're going to be in a lot of these close games. And the fine line of winning and losing is 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 critical. You know, penalties come into it, big plays, all these things. And the game yesterday was unique in that it was a low-scoring game with not a lot of possessions. Obviously, the margins changed when that happens. And, and then understanding, you know, Bill used to be fantastic at, at always talking about how do we win this game. And so sometimes they don't start out or finish the way you expect, but as you're adjusting and as you're seeing the type of game that's being played, understanding how to win that one. And so um, could, does that come from experience? Yes. Is it a requ- uh, prerequisite that you have an experienced team? No. Um, and so our next opportunity is this week against Washington. Go ahead, Andrew. Hey, Sean, what did the film show as far as how you guys looked in pass protection and run blocking? Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. I thought there were two or three clips where in the running game specifically, 
you know, we don't get the mic ID'd the correct way. And, and so we're pushing maybe in a direction where we should be pushing to another. That has to get cleaned up. I thought overall our protection downs were, were solid, were good. Um, I thought we did a good job when we, when we did leave the pocket. We had some scramble, t- scramble drill touchdowns. Um, overall, that would be my assessment. One last question. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, sorry, Coach. I was going to ask about the uh, pass rush. I know you said Jimmy gets the ball out quick, but I guess what can you do to maybe just generate more pressure? Well, look, you, there's two things. You, you win your one-on-ones or you bring more people. Um, you know, so you dog or blitz or you win your one-on-ones. And a lot of it is dependent upon what you're wanting to do coverage-wise within the framework of a scheme. You know, there are times sometimes where you want to keep the quarterback in the pocket and play a certain coverage. Um, a lot of it is dependent on your game plan. All right, guys, thanks. There you go, Sean Payton trying to explain why the Broncos lost 17-16. Um, got to learn how to win the close games. How do you learn how to win the close games? You win a close game, which the Broncos just failed to do again, falling 17-16 at home to the Raiders. Any silver linings, though, in the game yesterday? Any bright spots? Also, we'll react to Sean Payton's uh, words right there. We'll do it next. It's Reaction Monday, powered by Superbook Sports. Here's the Players Club. Seven straight, and what? I guess nine out of the last ten now. And embarrassed, embarrassed us on our home field last well yesterday. But we're going to learn from it, and we're going to come back stronger. And there are some things we feel good about, right? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, some things to feel good about, especially after just hearing Sean Payton and his uh, weekly call. So it made you feel better about what you saw hearing Sean explain it. Well, 17, um, 17 completions, I believe, to uh, tight ends. 27, or, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, 17 completions to tight ends and running backs. Okay. Was that what it was? Um, and he talks oh, yeah, about, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, yeah. shell coverage right. of it, right, where they were taking away the deep threat and, and being okay with Russell Wilson's decision-making on, you know, what the Raiders looked to take away from the Broncos yesterday. So I feel good about that. I, I do feel good about that. Uh, two sacks of the offensive line. Feel good about that. You know, you talked about 55 sacks a year ago for the Denver Broncos. If you project two sacks over a 17-game season, it's a lot less than 55. I promise you that. Uh, I thought these running backs looked really good and how you're going to be able to use Samaje P. Ryan and, and Javante Williams. Another little nugget. Javante, no knee brace. Mm. Very encouraged by good. seeing that. He did look good. Yeah. I mean, the right tackles, getting to the sideline, tiptoeing the line, you know, yeah. popping right back up. Didn't look like he was favoring that knee. Yeah. And there was one there, like, linebacker had him dead to rights in the middle of the hole. And it was like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm not running away from this. Let's go, baby. Yep. You know, so look like he was good to go. So some things very encouraged about when you look at this Broncos, but also some things that not encouraging as well. Um, yeah, it really evenly played game here. Um, both teams, 22 first downs. 
Both teams, 11 passing first downs. Both teams, five first downs on the ground. Both teams, six first downs from penalties. Both teams, five of 11 on third down. The Raiders were one for one on fourth down. The Broncos didn't go for it at all on fourth down. Some folks think they should have gone for it on fourth down late in the game in their own territory. I disagree with that. Uh, Total plays, this is wild, man, and Sean Payne talked about it. It's unusual that you only have six possessions. The Raiders actually had seven. But the Raiders had 55 total plays, and the Broncos only had 58 total plays. 261 total yards for the Raiders, 260 total yards for the Broncos. So an evenly fought match. The problem for me is that it's an evenly fought match, and the winner was the team with a quarterback who just showed up there, who didn't practice at all for a while with his foot, with a running back who just showed up. And you have the coaching staff here in the for the Broncos that have the element of surprise. Now, I think he went a little too far with that element of surprise, going for the surprise onside kick right off the bat. But they don't know what you're going to do, man. They don't have tape on you at this for, on this new team, right? Like, they don't know what you're going to do offensively, and you still weren't able to capitalize. You have a, a quarterback who was the fastest in the history of the NFL to 100 wins, and he wasn't able to get that done. Yeah. To me, that's the concern. Yeah, so, you know, when you play the game of football, it's always a chess match. And you te- see a team that tees it up, and the Raiders don't know what you're going to do as well. So what do they do? They say, hey, Sean Payton, what he's done in the past, we're going to take away the deep shots. That's what we're going to focus on today. So we're going to play a lot of, you know, you heard Sean Payton talk about shell. Well, that's covered too, right? We've got two t- safeties back there. As a offense now, the 11 guys out there on the field, Sean Payton calling them to plays offensively. Uh, Vic Lombardi being your, your, um, Joe Lombardi being your yeah, OC. Vic, man. Yeah, sorry. Joe Lombardi being your OC. There's a lot of hats. Yeah. You collectively now have to force that team to get out of that coverage, give you a little bit of middle of the field closed looks with one safety high. How do you do that? The easiest way to do it is torch them with the run game. Find ways to pepper them. I thought that the Broncos could have did a, a better job. Sean Payton should have did a better job yesterday of getting Javante Williams the ball a little bit more and just forcing the Raiders to get uncomfortable. Like you allow them to sit back there and be comfortable the whole entire time and say, okay, you know what? We could stay back here with our two safeties high and they'll come down and they'll make the tackle. Like we're not going to switch up our defense or change our base shell based off of what you're doing. And that's that chess match. That's why Sean Payton, for me, you know, in a season, right, Sean Payton has 17 opportunities. He lost the first opportunity yesterday against the D.C. for the for the Raiders. So from the RamosLaw.com text line, evenly fought match for the bottom of the AFC West. Um, well, right now, the Raiders are in first place. Chargers mm. lost. Chiefs lost. Broncos lost. Mm. Raiders are all alone in first place. Mm. Does that give you... Hope that hey, I mean it's everything's everything's all right. Everything like it's still a wide open race. Of course, it's one game, but the Chiefs lost. Who were supposed to, you know, obviously they're the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, and the Chargers picked by a lot of folks to make waves. Both lost. We're all in the same boat here. Uh, no, not time to panic, right? Oh, 
Yeah, I think the Chargers are a special team. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with KC. Their wide receivers are going to be a little bit more reliable. Um, Tony was just unbelievable with his drops this past game. We know that Patrick Mahomes relies on Kelsey being out there. And you know that EB is no longer the OC. So we'll see if there's a drop-off right there. With the Broncos right now, what I think is going to be the thing that's going to be the thorn in our side the whole entire season is can this football team generate pressure with the defense of front four, right? So that that's going to be the big thing. Can the Broncos figure out a way how to do that? Uh, penalties, missed tackles defensively. That's something that you've got to figure it out, right? The pressure with just four. Uh, can you stop the run when it counts? That's going to be something that you talk about all season for this defense. And for me, the last thing for this defense, the last third down, third and seven, when Jimmy G out there scrambles and gets the first down. The Raiders, six, were better than your six. You Mm -hmm. blitz, you know, Singleton and, and Josie Jewell, and they block it up perfectly. Jimmy G has all day. He's saying Bassey falls down on the back end. Jimmy G could have hit the, the tight end for a wide open touchdown. But those are things that you're going to have to try to fix. But I think these, these things that I just spoke about, Nate, are going to be around all season long. Offensively, you know, as the game goes on, can you, you, you know, can you, can you, um, get the, can you continue to dictate the pace and tempo? To start it off, get into the line of scrimmage quick. Letting Russ get there, dissect the defense. There was one beautiful play in the first quarter where Russ got up there, said, ah, 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 was able to see the defense, remike it. Now slide the offensive line into the blitz, picked it up beautifully with the nickel coming off the pressure. So can you continue to get up there to the line of scrimmage fast? Um, and now you're going to need more production out of this tight end room. It, so with Dolce and seeing what happens with him, you're going to have to get a guy that's a little bit faster, that can stretch the defense. And wide receivers, you got to be special down the field. You got to put defenses in compromising positions. So I think these all points, offensively and defensively, are things that, unfortunately, Nate, I think are going to be here all year. Adam Troutman, the leading receiver on this team with five catches on five targets, 34 yards, a 15 yard long. Um, the good thing about it is that there are 16 more games. You're going to clean up the issues you've had. It's the first game of the Sean Payton regime. This thing might take a little time to turn around. Do we have the patience for that? I hope we do, but it's got to look better next week. Broncos lose 17-16 to the Raiders. Caden Stearns, Greg Dulcich having MRIs as we speak. You're going to lose, guys. All hands on deck. That's it for us on the Players Club. Stick around. Stokely and Zach, they're next.